0: Second to none, it's been the greatest experience working alongside some of the most amazing young people that today still continue. We are be- very good friends and like a Navy family. So it's it's um, it really becomes part of your your, your not only your fabric, but part of what you call home and family or your you know, your your Navy family gained.
1: What's the importance of ambulatory care nursing, and what are the plethora of roles available for nurses seeking career paths outside of acute care? Let's talk all about it with Andrea Petrovani-Green of the American Academy of Ambulatory Care Nurses right here on episode 460 of the Nurse Keith Show. Well, hello there. This is Nurse Keith. This podcast is about you. It's about your personal and professional development, your nursing and healthcare career, and the healthcare system writ large. And I'm here to share education, ideas, diatribes, and informative interviews with some of the most inspiring people From the worlds of healthcare medicine nursing entrepreneurship and beyond i always love having you along for the ride and i thank you from the bottom of my nurse podcasters heart for being part of the growing nurse keith nation if you'd like to help other people find the show my ubiquitous request is that you leave a rating and review on apple podcasts or on google amazon or spotify or just share the show with anyone who you think might enjoy it and you can share it from any app where you happen to be listening and if you'd like to become a patron you can go to patreon.com p a dot com forward slash nurse Keith. some people pledge as little as two dollars a month to support the show which is actually a bigger help than you might imagine and if you'd like to pledge a little bit more i will send you tokens of my deep and undying gratitude Via the good old US Postal Service. That's right, something actually in your mailbox. I appreciate you all so much. However, you want to support the show, including doing what you're doing right now, which is listening, which is the most important thing you can do for a podcast, actually. You can head to nursekeith.com, look at the drop down menu labeled podcast to see the show notes. And the show notes are pretty much in any app where you're listening, like Castro, Overcast, etc., cetera. You can find the links there to everything we will talk about today. And like I said, we're here with my friend, my new friend and colleague, Andrea Petrovani-Green. She is one of the directors of the American Association of Ambulatory Care Nurses and also the secretary. And Andrea, it's great to have you here. And as some people might know, who've listened to the show for a while and are aware of my career trajectory, I've been an ambulatory care nurse for my entire 27, almost 28 years as a nurse. So ambulatory care nursing couldn't be closer to my heart because I have actually, and I'll whisper this, never worked at a hospital. So that's just my story. So you've had a really interesting career. And the first thing I want to ask you is, Where did being in ambulatory nursing first cross your path? And how did you first start out in nursing in general?
0: Okay. So um, thank you again for this opportunity. It's very exciting to share with part of my career and my journey in ambulatory care nursing and where I am today. As far as my first, very first, as far as I can remember, ambulatory care experience that I knew of, that I was like, oh, I get it. This is ambulatory care. I was... um, assigned at the Naval, then the Naval Medical Center, uh, Bethesda, and uh, had an opportunity where they were actually piloting and wanted some of the nurses to go to the clinics and have that experience with, of course, a lot of um, coaching, training, and uh, just really an opportunity to branch out in ambulatory care and, and have that role in terms of um, part of our um, experience and opportunity. So I'd done inpatient for probably three and a half, four years at that point, and I had the opportunity to transfer to the orthopedics clinic. And that was my very first in terms of um, really feeling that sense that patient being that advocate for that patient. I mean, it's always there, but I felt like I had so much um, empowered in me as far as our patients being in and out. So we have to take that moment when they're there right in front of our eyes to take every opportunity to impart on them either education, what's important for prevention and wellness. And uh, because I've always been focused on, on wellness and prevention, I found my niche. I loved it. I love to teach. And I especially love to when I uh, when I felt I developed that trust with the patient where they would come in and ask for me personally. And uh, they'd say, well, um, I would do this for you. I'm doing it because it's you. And so that was just resonated with me as so powerful because, but also at the same time, I was like, no, I need to, for you to do this for you, but we can form a, a partnership and we'll do it for each other. So always trying to figure out ways uh, so the patient can embrace their own healthcare. And I really, I think for ambulatory care, I believe ambulatory care that's what we're all about because it's very episodic uh, in some sense where we are in the continuum, but at the same time, we see you when you come to visit at the clinic or the outpatient, you know, surgery, which is again, just a snapshot. And uh, so that was really, but when I looked back and in terms of part of my nursing experience coming in, I did home health at a very young age. So I graduated high school as a licensed practical nurse. And upon graduation, well, prior to, I worked at a nursing home as a, a certified nurse's assistant. And upon graduation, I was promoted to the, once I got my license, same facility in Staten Island, and I was promoted to the charge nurse on a uh, in a nursing home, which again, that uh, not the home care part of it felt like, you know, this was their home, but I also um, started working as a visiting nurse. And so that's the ambulatory care piece of my very first experience that I didn't realize at the time, because that's not what we call it. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. It's like, I'm taking care of patients, you know, I'm doing what I love to do. So, um, yeah, so that's really where it all clicked. You know, it's kind of like that aha moment. It just all clicked once I was, uh, had that opportunity. Um, it was my very first duty station at uh, Bethesda Naval Hospital, and um, and my journey started where I was like, I'm going to seek this out. And um, I was able to pretty much do the remainder of my career in some facet of ambulatory care nursing. So that was pretty cool.
1: That's great. So you actually became a CNA and an LPN during high school, which I think not everybody even has the opportunity to do that during high school. So it's great that that Was that door was open to you before you even graduated, which I think is really awesome. So you got as you were steeped in healthcare and patient care and nursing before you even graduated from high school, and then twice already you've mentioned the naval base in Bethesda. So that leads us to this notion of oh, she was a navy nurse. So when you joined the navy. Did you join as, what do they call it? Do they call it a corpsman? Because they don't call it a nurse, right?
0: No, actually as a as a nurse. Yeah, I was, oh. um, a, when I joined the Navy, it was under a scholarship. Uh, the Navy was offering at the time a bachelor degree completion program. So I was completing my second year um, at Wagner College on Staten Island, New York, in the nursing program. And this opportunity presented itself. And uh, I was really enticing because it also, I at that time, would enlist in the Navy as uh, just an enlisted personnel. And upon graduation, uh, commissioned as a naval officer and nurse. So. Yeah, I had that amazing opportunity, and just a little tidbit: I was not a citizen at the time. I'm originally from the beautiful island of Trinidad and Tobago, so I quickly uh, applied for my citizenship, and actually, um, the process was pretty um, expeditious. I was pretty surprised, and then I, I pursued the um, the program and in, in submitted my package, and uh, again. And accepted to the program. And upon graduation, I was uh, I was commissioned as a naval officer, as an ensign in the United States Navy, which is pretty, pretty excited.
1: That is really exciting. And in the Navy, don't they have, they have corpsmen, which are medical personnel, right? Is that another type of medical provider in the Navy? Yes,
0: it will be synony- uh, uh, synonymous to a medic in the army but they really do have yeah when people think because a lot of times people associate army more so uh in some aspects but yes the corpsman which uh amazing opportunity to work alongside and train as a very young nurse and um i will tell you my corpsman also taught me so much in terms of especially when it came to um doing labs and you know just helping manage uh most challenging part i felt was really that management part and trying to get you know Things in terms of your your day uh, going and established, and so the common is an integral part of um, our navy nurses. Um, as well as the healthcare team, the medical team. Um, and they do some amazing things. They have amazing experiences. Some are actually going and do their licensed practical nursing. Some continue in, uh, in a program that's called the Medical Enlisted Commission Program and to become a nurse. So I, second to none, it's been the greatest experience working alongside some of the most amazing young people that today still continue. We are be- very good friends and like a Navy family. So mm-hmm. it's... it's um. It really becomes part of your your your, not only your fabric but part of what you call home and family or your you know your your Navy family gained.
1: Yeah, and I understand that you did an ambulatory ambulatory care nursing certification, right? Yes, that's correct. What made you decide to get a certification? You know, what was the impetus?
0: Um. The main uh, reason for the certification is the encouragement of one of my very dear mentors, Dr. Wanda Richards. Uh, she is a retired Navy captain and uh, took me under her wing very early in my career and really led me to and an, an did what mentors do. And they pulled me in and just... Exposed me to not only the organization to some very inspiring and impactful nurses and medical team, corpsmen, et etc. That's just you know part of my trajectory in coming, you know, in my journey or my continued journey. So, um, Doctor Richards, Wanda Richards, uh, she has been instrumental. I call her Mama Rich, Mama Wanda. She has been instrumental in my career and certainly in this certification. We both took the certification exam together, hmm. and. Um, And that was probably almost 22, 23 years ago.
1: Wow. And when you and I first connected and had a chat a few weeks ago, you told me that your ambulatory care nursing certification was central to you landing a particular opportunity with the Navy on one of their hospital ships. So why was that? certification so central to that particular opportunity? And what did that even look like once you were brought on to that, um, that mission?
0: Yeah. So that I, I love this, this story because it's probably my most um, impactful and memorable. So in 2007, the uh, naval hospital ship, UNSS Comfort, which at the time was um, paired in Baltimore, Maryland. And uh, we received orders that the Comfort was going to go underboard and go underway for a mission, a humanitarian mission in um, South America and the Caribbean. And so uh, upon hearing that, I was. At the time, uh, working on the cardiology step down, because I had transferred just to remove um, as Navy nurses to get various experiences, obviously, to prepare us for wartime and peacetime operations. And so I had that opportunity. Um, it presented, however, you know, they were looking at staffing and how many people were going to be going on board and who they needed to be back, kind of holding the fort down. And um, I was able to convince at the time my my leadership that, you know, this is where I I wanted to be and this is what I bring to the table, Uh, even though I was working in an inpatient floor and I knew the need. I said, you know, I have my certification. Um, This is definitely, you know, right up the realm of ambulatory care in terms of being on the ship and going out to uh, see the patients and provide provide care in many different facets, but it's all ambulatory. And so I was able to really use that certification piece to say, hey, I'm your person. Pick Mm -hmm. me, and uh, I—I had to wait, and they had to do, which I understand. After you know, um, being in key leadership positions, I understand you have to look at the big picture. And so, you know, as I waited patiently uh, to find out uh, if I was selected, I was very excited. In addition to then, Captain Wanda Richards was one of the senior nurses on that mission as well. So I was excited to be going with my mentor, Uh, and it was a great opportunity. I'm getting goosebumps because it's probably one of my most memorable especially when I had the opportunity uh, to Visit and serve as an ambassador uh, of my country, Trinidad and Tobago, mm-hmm. and um, and that was really cool. Going back home, uh, you know, as an ambassador for the United States, and um, and representing the United States and what we do and um, the goodwill. In addition to, you know, we always say winning the hearts and minds, but we always want to make sure that other countries know that we're here and to embrace that, taking care um, and caring for our neighbors, if you will. Mm-hmm. So um, that really in along all the other countries they meet the experiences we went we sailed to 12 different countries and each country had its own unique as you can imagine being in South America and the Caribbean if you've been a unique needs and um Having that opportunity to help with that assessment, doing a needs assessment, kind of a population health perspective, as well as um, you know ensuring that what we bought and what we were had to offer that that was part of their need, or whether we had to you know kind of recalibrate and say, hey, listen, this might be important, but this is what they're saying they need. So what we think they may need may not necessarily be. So that was part being part of that process, and I was I had the unique opportunity to work in medical operations. So we worked. Very closely with the line officers and the commodore, again making those critical decisions every day. Having those debriefs, discussing what went right, what went, you know, what can we work on, what can we improve on. So looking for opportunities and lessons learned. It was just an amazing, uh, teachable, learning, and all around uh, opportunity to hi- that highlighted my career in terms of what truly the ambulatory piece meant and and bringing that and actually. Um, Dr. Richards and I published an article um, from that mission in the viewpoint of uh, AAACN. So um, we we captured all that, those moments and and shared it with everyone, so they have an opportunity to learn and know more what we do as Navy nurses and and how we um, how we gel with the community, coalesce, I should say.
1: <laughs> yeah, and that's a great story about how a certification can open the door to opportunity that you may have gotten otherwise, but it might have been the thing that put your resume over the top, so to speak. And you you were able to really kind of push that as, you know, I have this particular certification and I have these qualifications. And I understand you even went on to do your clinical nurse specialist masters while you're in the Navy too. So you, you, it sounds like you took a a great deal of advantage of being in the navy and everything that it offered to you and you you even were one of the first nurses at Guantanamo which was then Camp X-ray right that was <clears throat> pardon me prior to the army and marines taking over so that must have been a very interesting experience as well
0: Yes, absolutely. So many interesting and amazing uh, experiences. And definitely with the help of my mentors, uh, just leading to help and guide me along the way in in opportunities that presented itself. And all they asked for was the paid forward, which is that's that's been my mantra. I, if I can bring somebody along and help them in terms of getting to the next level or realizing their dreams and and so yes, Guantanamo Bay was when I uh, reported. We had just—I um, actually was on a temporary orders back to National Labor Medical Center, Bethesda, for uh, labor and delivery training uh, because they did have an inpatient um, area, which is a kind of a one-stop everything. So we um, we would rotate that in terms of the, uh, labor deck and, and, labor and delivery department. And, um, I was at Bethesda when, uh, the unfortunate September 11th happened. I was remembered vividly. I was training to do a newborn transport and, um, you know, that's when we heard, we said to heard news of the first tower. So I was delayed in in uh, returning to Guantanamo for, I think, about two or three weeks. So I ended up, you know, working labor and delivery and postpartum until I was able to fly back to the island. And uh, once I returned, it was definitely a whole different scenario because we already had received Some news that we potentially will be receiving the detainees uh, that they were going to be sent to Guantanamo Bay and housed. Uh, So quickly the island moved from like kind of Mayberry, slow little island to, you know, I mean, from zero Mm -hmm. to a hundred. Yeah. In preparing for those. And um, I was selected at a time for one of my other great mentors. Um, he's since passed away is, uh, Captain Albert Shimkers, who was the commanding officer at the time. And uh, he said, I want you to go," he said. "I I believe this is this is something that you can totally handle, and if you say no, it's okay." Um, I was at the time also working as the refugee nurse, so with the Cubans and Haitians. So when the Coast Guard cutter would come in, I would do the screening portion of that. So he knew I already had that experience, and so he said, "You know, until we can get some stability in terms of the army and the uh, Marine Corps coming." We'll detail you and send you to Camp X-Ray. Uh, so I was one of the first female nurses, along with uh, several of my colleagues, male colleagues and a female physician. So it was two females initially, a, a doc and myself. And, and so we went on to um, do what really learning as we grow. You know, this is something that was totally foreign. And the exposure itself was uh, was very, you know, not only intimidating, it was scary, very scary at times, just mm-hmm. knowing. What the, what the, who we were dealing with and, uh, and how they feel about women, quite frankly. And so, but we felt very, we received great training, uh, constantly training up, and we felt um, pretty, you know, safe in regards to our um, Army counterpart and the and, uh, folks that were protecting us. So, yeah, that was, I mean, when I look back on that ex- experience and the many, many um, amazing experience I've had. Um, I would do it all over again. You know, so he was like, well, how did you feel? Would that be something? Were you angry? Were you upset? And I said, no, we're here to provide care. And, you know, I have to put my feelings aside regardless of what I think and uh, and do what we, you know, we know we do well. Um, and then back to just really quick as far as my master's degree. Yes, maybe they paid for my master's degree, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. I, I attended Catholic University and actually my focus there was care of the vulnerable population. So a lot of communities public health focus. Um, and while I was there, I actually picked up some public health courses at um, George Washington University, (GW), and because they had a memorandum of understanding, but it was a great program with Sister Rosemary Donnelly. And um, we really had some stellar clinicals that were just really bought you, you know, really made you realize how much need there is in the community. And also the fact that, you know, it just Sometimes doing the littlest thing made all the difference in somebody's life. And that could be just sitting and listening to their story Uh and just being present, uh, how impactful that was and how they remembered you. Um, One of my rotations was at the VA Medical Center there in DC and I met another great uh, men- mentor Pam Rochelle she was a family nurse practitioner and uh, was my preceptor and I actually did two two preceptorship with her and um, she really took my ha- hand and guided me in terms of managing diabetics and and how we really um it's a lot of teaching and education but it's building the trust so I constantly saw that a theme of building the trust with a patient that is so imperative. You can tell them all day, every day, but if they don't feel that trust, if they don't feel that partnership or relationship, chances are they're probably not going to do what they're what that's they need to for their health.
1: Very yeah, true. So you've had this like storied career that's been really fascinating, really interesting, very varied. You've been in the right place at the right time, and maybe put yourself in the right place at the right time for. Some opportunities that many people would you know give their eye teeth for. I mean, these are all really amazing, like going in the Navy hospital ship on a humanitarian mission to twelve countries, working at camp x-ray slash Guantanamo. I mean, you've done some really incredible things, and it all started with becoming a cNA and an LPN during high school. So you've been hard at it for a long yes. time. And all these experiences you've had, reflect on the person you are and the, the, you know, the, the mentors who've been drawn to you and you to them, who've kind of lifted you up and let you sort of stand on their shoulders. And when we come back from the break, I'd like to talk about the, the AAACN and the organization, your involvement in it. And I have some questions to clarify about ambulatory care nursing that some listeners might be interested in. So hang in there with us. We'll be right back for the second half of episode 460 with Andrea Petrovani-Green of the American Association of Ambulatory Care Nurses. Welcome back to the second half of the episode. We're here again with friend of the pod and my new friend and colleague, Andrea Petrovani Green of the American Academy of Ambulatory Care Nurses. And I have to make a correction right now. I've said American Association a couple times, and it's the American American Academy of Ambulatory Care Nurses, the AAACM. So, my first question for this second half, Andrea, is this. Um. I've been an ambulatory care nurse for a really long time, my whole career, almost 30 years, and I know what I consider ambulatory care. But what does the AAACN a- a- call ambulatory care nursing in terms of defining it? Is there anything? Is it basically everything outside of the hospital, or is it a little more um, refined than that?
0: Um. A little bit more refined, but yes, in in a, as a whole, everything outside the hospital, we do have clinics, right, in within hospitals that are ambulatory, you know, surgical clinics, etc. So that's all ambulatory. So basically, um, it's really. Uh, shape and care where life happens. So wherever we are as ambulatory care nurses, wherever life happens, um, that's where we are. And so that includes home health, school, uh, school nursing, and the list continues. And again, you know, some people is like, well, I really don't understand what you do, what's the impact, and um, that may be a question, but I feel like we're at the front line of everything. We're the gatekeepers. And our goal is, you know, the prevention and wellness. Ensuring that we do advocate for our patients, that they do understand in some guys different facets of it, as far as care coordination. So, if there's, you know, for today, you know, we have a lot of chronic diseases, and we know that we struggle with that. Uh, we see how much the healthcare healthcare cost, and uh, our goal is to keep you healthy and well, you know. And as we not only thinking about hospital nurses, but we want to keep you healthy or home, right? Because that's where people seem to do better and thrive better um, overall, mm-hmm. and so. In all facets, whether it's home health visiting, outpatient surgery, school nursing, um, at the hospital outpatient clinics in the hospital, all those fat in all those um, areas, again, ambulatory care nurses are really at the forefront in in deliver not only this delivering but in shaping that that life of that patient, shaping that care, and so shaping care where life happens is mm-hmm. really pivotal to what we say is, you know, yeah, that's absolutely what we do. And with every encounter with wherever that care is delivered, uh, from the ambulatory nursing perspective is we're having an impact on that patient as well as the entire healthcare team, but we're doing the advocating right up front, you know, when we Mm -hmm. meet the patients, a lot of patient, a lot of education, um, you know, forming those partnerships, um, defining what's important in terms of, and having those patients, you know, uh, really understand the why. You know, why we're doing this, why we need for you to take your medications, why we need for you to exercise, why we need for you to eat right. You know, and it may seem very basic, but really that's what drives everything else. You know, that prevents that's the prevention piece, that's the wellness and prevention uh, to keep you as healthy as long as possible with a good col- with a great quality of life, mm-hmm. and so. From every aspect, I've worked um, since in the, in the military. I've done clinics for the most part, and when I was in a leadership position, it was always for me just meeting the patients where they are and uh, having some impact on whether it's a postpartum mom who's coming for their visit, their follow-up, and they're having difficulty with breastfeeding, and, and then being an advocate to ensure that they have the help that they need, and um, and just you know trying to alleviate some of that anxiety and that um, that comes along with oh, my God, I'm, you know, in a place where it's foreign to me and I don't know what's going to happen to me. And so being able to, you know, walk the patient through the process so they understand what what to expect and try to, again, alleviate some of that uh, that anxiety and that fear. And mm-hmm. sometimes just taking their hands and holding their hand and saying, you know, I'll be with you every step of the way. It's OK. Um, for a surgery part, when I did uh, ambulatory surgery, um, it was, again, a a joy to see the patient, uh, to do their pre-op and do all their teaching and counseling, be there during the procedure. If it was a minor procedure, I would follow them through the minor procedure and then the post-op, you know, time. So where we can, hey, how's it going? What are, you know, what are the things, what questions do you have? How are you feeling? And again, I tell people and just making those phone calls, you know, we do a lot of, um, you know, phone calls, you know, talking over the, you know, reaching back to the patient, and I would tell you how many times it's been so satisfying. He had a patient said, thank you so much for calling. It just makes me feel better that somebody knows that I'm here. <laughs> so mm-hmm. that was always to me, it, it clicked that communication is key. It clicked that, you know what, people want to at least have some type of notion that we just didn't do a procedure and forgot about you. We're calling you back to see how you're doing. Is there anything you need? Here's your follow up appointment. This is how I, you know, so again, the whole, it, it may seem it's episodic in some degree, but it's also very holistic in other degrees. If you look at the bigger picture, because you're having an impact on somebody's life and potentially with that teaching, they you know they say that with their family. And so now it becomes a force multiplier as far as, you know, sharing that information. And some people are like, oh, yeah, I'll get my mom to start walking with me. And I was like, it doesn't have to be anything strenuous, but, you know, get out there, get some fresh air, um, be with nature. And, you know, you're doing everything right for your body, your mind and your, and your spirit. So mm-hmm. that's what has kept me so um, passionate uh, in terms of not only what I love doing is is taking care of patients and making a difference, but in realizing the impact and and all that I learned from my patients, and I've uh, told them a lot of times I said I learn more from you than you learn from me, you just don't realize it. And right. um, and a lot of times it's it's really encouraged me to start journaling and um, really refocusing and repivoting on some things that I that I do in my life that has uh, that was inspired by a patient, quite frankly. Um, so yeah, it's been, and it continues to be uh, a passion where, you know, it's exciting and I, and you can, and then the great thing about nursing and ambulatory care nursing is that you really can impact a patient from anywhere, um, and shape their life from anywhere. I mean, I don't have to be in the nurse role per se, but as I'm walking through my neighborhood and somebody's like, Hey, I heard you're a nurse. I have a question about this. You know, we always get that, right? (laughs) That's (laughs) true. um, and take that opportunity to really say, oh, wow, you know what? You're, you're always nursing. You're always shaping care where life happens, no matter what.
1: That's true. And I yes. thank
0: A C N for that. That's their tagline. I'm not taking care, but just realizing that, oh, the aha moment.
1: That's exactly
0: mm-hmm. what we do.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Providing care where, where life happens. And so, you know, ambulatory care nursing is, comes in so many forms and guises and, Sometimes I talk to nurses who call me who don't know what to do with their careers because they've been working like in the ICU or the NICU or step down or something, you know, for a long time the ER. And when I mention, you know, there is ambulatory care you know, and there's work outside the hospital. And a lot of nurses actually seem kind of surprised that there's something they can do outside of acute care. And I'm not trying to tell people that they shouldn't work in acute care, but sometimes people are looking for something different. And yes, when you look at the, the statistics, I think it's 55% of nurses work in acute care hospitals, something like that. So, what do the other 40 to 45% do? And you've named all those things public health, uh, home health, hospice, ambulatory surgery, clinics. I worked a lot in federally qualified health centers in urban locations, FQHCs. So there's yes. plenty of ways we can get involved. I mean, there's dialysis. I mean, there's all sorts of ways we can see patients and interact with them. And sometimes in ambulatory care, especially. Certain types, we can have long term relationships with patients, like in dialysis, for instance, you might know a patient for years or in a clinic. Whereas in home health, you might see them for a few months, but still gives you some time. Like I love having that yeah. luxury of time. And I'm curious yes. with the AAACN, they've been around a long time and they yes. support nurses in terms of education mentorship, networking. So what is, what does the AACN like to focus on when it comes to supporting their members, bringing people in, getting them connected, you know, and how does mentoring and networking and all those other parts kind of fit together into their mission?
0: Yeah, I would say it's all part of the mission. It's interwoven. And uh, there is so much focus uh, from our leadership. And we have a great, I'm going to give a shout out to our board of directors, Mm -hmm. present and past that I've had the opportunity to serve alongside. Uh, This is all volunteer. We don't get paid for this. So these are, you know, CEOs and CNOs and uh, key leadership positions, uh, just giving their time because they believe in this. And we all do. We all love ambulatory and we see where we we're aligned in this current healthcare system to really lead the way um, for healthcare where we need to be really. And it's focusing on, on our wellness, focusing on our patients and uh, not just the education, but you know, that calm, that in addition to the advocating and, and this as a whole, and I'll say the tag, you know, I'll use the tagline again, just shape and care where life happens and, and how, um, awesome as that, to meet people where they are and, and make a difference and make an impact and have an impact in their life as ambulatory care nurses. And uh, AAACN, so we will celebrate our 50th anniversary in 2025. And so we're preparing for that. Uh, but in addition to as far as the mentoring and the networking, we do that every single day. It's like breathing. Uh, always, I can't tell you how many have reached out to me, whether it's mentees or mentors, and uh, we're talking about things, we're oh. communicating as far as who can be a, who is the next potential great um, candidate for the board of directors, who's a potential great candidate for the nominating committee. Uh, look at all these great things our, our special interest groups are doing. Look at all these great things our task force are doing. Look at the people who are shining. And again, this is all volunteer time. This is on top of their full time jobs, uh, many being parents uh, of young kids and, and you know spouses and just all the multiple roles that we serve and still find and make the time to say, hey, this is my passion. I believe in ambulatory. I know how ambulatory can take nursing really leaps and bounds and uh, you know into the next century, really, because as we're looking at how do we, how do, this healthcare crisis that we're in, and it is a crisis, um, how are we going to pivot from that? What are the things we need to do? How can we need to really get smarter about not just streamlining and being more efficient, but cost containment? It's just, you know, the cost of healthcare care is just um, mind boggling. And I will say this part up in the plug. I honestly had taken it for granted. I will be honest with that being in the military because part of the healthcare care team, uh, health care is included. And if something was wrong, I just spoke to my fellow, you know, doc or whatever. I said, hey, such and such is going on. and You know, I'm taking care of. And it wasn't until I really started stepping out and, you know, talking to some of my friends and networking, you know, and having those conversations. And I was like, oh, my God, wow, that much you pay for healthcare, Wow. And oh, yeah, that's just a small portion of it. We still have to pay the difference, but we have, you know, it's like, wow, it was just so humbling. I knew mm-hmm. it, but I didn't I didn't really it didn't really resonate until I was like a little in my career where I was like, wow, I'm getting ready to transition and I'm hearing all these horrors and then following, you know, the current state of healthcare. care. Um, we can do so much better, and we we have to. We have to figure this thing out because uh, you know the the future has to be um, brighter and better for our, for the next generation, and that's our part. That's our part of our journey to make it. So as far as ambulatory care nursing, um, we are certainly at a pivotal point in our strategic planning in leaning into uh, again not just a mentorship and a leadership, the strategic plan of how do we do this, and then imparting on our members to be part of that change. So, mm-hmm. it's all-inclusive. Um, we have a DEI community that's a committee that's very, very, um, very, very active
1: diversity, and very impactful. Diversity, and inclusion,
0: right? Yes. I'm sorry, yeah. diversity. Very um, impactful. And uh, the leadership committees that we have are out there and really uh, focusing on, you know, like we always do as leaders, we look for the best of the best. And uh-huh. in addition to the best of this, we also look for the quiet storms—the people that are just kind of out there, and we know they're doing great things in the background, but they're just that introvert, and you know, you don't uh-huh. hear from them, but you see their work, and you're like, "Wow, this is amazing! Who is this person? <laughs> you know, let's get him on the team. Let's get him on some team. Let's get him, you know, let's mentor. Let's let's prepare them, you know, for for other opportunities." And that's really how I came along. I started, uh, you know, just being a member of the organization. And I knew it's where I wanted to be at the first conference, and I believe it was in Orlando. And again, the passion and just people coming and offering you, hey, is there something you need? They give you a card, call me. I mean, all that speaks volumes because it was just so genuine. And so I felt right at home. I felt like this is where I needed to be, and I wanted to be. And uh, and that was almost twenty-three years ago. So when I look back at that journey with uh, AAACN and all along the way, all the great mentors and all of folks who just took interest in me and um, I journeyed through being on the, on the uh, planning committee for the tri-service military special interest group uh, setting that up uh, and getting a lot of great experience with how credentials work and getting see C- continuing education uh because it's a whole process and so it's really you know some of it was outside my wheelhouse so it was a st- nice stretch and being uncomfortable but i tell people that that's how you have to get comfortable if you're too comfortable you need to figure something out you know uh-huh. and get uncomfortable right. and uh in addition to having the opportunity to um serve on the nominating committee, which was just an amazing opportunity and eye opener again, reading these individual statements and reviewing their packages and their resumes. And like, these people are rock stars. Like, I wasn't like this when I was, you know. And so it's the younger mm-hmm. people who are just amazing and so, you know, technology savvy. And that I think, you know, they can, here you go. And I'm like, wow, that's amazing. Show me how to do that. Um, hmm. I'm dating myself a little bit because everybody's like, oh, you look younger. But I'm like, hey, that's the jeans. But outside of that, <laughs> it was really, yeah. it was really, um, Making those uh, really lifelong connections with lifelong learners and like-minded, who are really passionate, who is truly, truly passionate about patients and families and advocacy, teaching. The networking, the mentoring and the list goes on and on and on. And I can, t- I can start naming off the top of my head, but I don't want to forget anybody specifically Rando. of all the impactful leaders that have taken me under their wing. And, and I, I hope that I'm doing exactly what I was asked 20 plus years ago is just to paid forward. I definitely look back and I reach out. And even just recently retired from from the Navy, I am still very busy because I'm mentoring. It's my passion, you know, everybody knows when they say Petrovani, like, uh, yeah, she's our Mm -hmm. mentor, which is it's a good feeling, but it's really comes from the heart. It really is something I'm passionate. It's not work to me, you know, and it's just like sometimes there's an inner voice Like, I was like, how did I think of that? And I look back, I was like, that just came so naturally. And I was like, that's just an inner voice talking to me and saying, Mm -hmm. this is what you need to deliver to this person. And I always say, you know, be still and you'll be still and you'll hear things that your mind will definitely, yeah.
1: And you're, you know, you're a passionate, active, very engaged, curious person, you know, intellectually curious and obviously emotionally intelligent. And it sounds like you've, Relationships have meant a lot to you throughout your career, mentors of yours, mentoring other people, um, um, finding opportunities where you could apply yourself, where you could look for new opportunities like, you know, becoming a CNA and a LPN during high school, you know, all the things you've done, joining the Navy, like everything sort of feels like it's all fit together into this tapestry of the person you are the person you become. And it sounds like AAACN has been very central to your identity and sort of this way of embracing nursing and mentoring and networking and connecting. So I I get that about you. There's this very, you know, there's you're a highly um relational person. I get that about you. And right now, as we're releasing this episode, it's just about at the end of ambulatory care nurses week. So it's the week that AAACN recognizes around the country in terms of ambulatory care nursing. So that's something people should be aware of that this is a very important time in February every year for ambulatory care nurses. And, you know, before we go, I have some questions to, to ask you. And I ask these of all of my guests, and I wanted to know if you'd be willing to play along answering a few questions I have for you that are not really related to what we've been talking about, but are related to you and your life. Does that sound okay? Sure. Yeah? Yes. Okay. So the first question is, how do you define success either personally and or professionally?
0: Um, that's a great question. And I would say success is doing what you love. Uh, It's not the, the accolades are great, the certifications, all the, you know, Mm -hmm. that formalities, but success for me is doing what you love and waking up every day saying, yeah, this is what I, this is exactly where I want to be. And this is exactly what I, I love as my life Mm -hmm. doing. So yeah, just, just being passionate and doing what you love. That's success to me.
1: I had a feeling Pretty you simple. were going to say something like that. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. All right. Second question. Now, you've already named a bunch of people who are very formative to you. So this is an opportunity maybe to revisit one of them or mention someone else. But I like to ask all of my guests to name someone who's inspired them in the course of their life, someone living or dead someone famous or someone who none of us would ever have known, but who's important to you. So is there someone you'd like to mention in that capacity?
0: Yeah, my grandmother, she raised me. And yeah, she was a strong, unbelievably wise, wise, wise woman. I still think of her just about every day. Um, Again, a little Terry. Yeah. Okay. Um, because if it wasn't for her, I, um, I wouldn't be the person, the woman I am today. Uh, she established and she was tough. She was tough love. Um, she, she said to me every single day for Christmas, we didn't get toys. Well, we got one toy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It was always this toy that you wind up and it died in a few, you know, a few days it was done, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but, um, she gave me books. We got books and I had to read for read to her and, and write and, um, and she really, without me realizing it until I was um a young adult, she really imparted on me not saying anything just by what she did, her actions, what truly community meant and what it meant to give. And she always would tell me, you have um two hands, one should always be open, it shouldn't be too close fist. Having one to receive and one to, you know, <laughs> to give. Um however she she always had these um really wise ways saying that she was not um, she was not about um, money or status she was really about living life and just one, appreciate every day
1: mm-hmm. that's lovely So yeah, a lot of people mention grandmothers and mothers. They come up a lot when I ask this question, and I think there's a really good reason for that. Um, They're often very formative, especially for women, grandmothers and mothers. So the third question I have for you is, is there a book or a movie? It doesn't have to be an absolute favorite, but something that holds a lot of meaning for you and has an impact on... Either the way you live your life, the way you think about relationships or work, is there something that um, is real important to you?
0: Ah, oh, that is a great question. Um, <laughs> a book. Mm-hmm. It would be Maya Angelou.
1: Ooh, yeah. So her her work in general as an author.
0: Her work in general, um, and if I think wouldn't take anything from my journey now, I think mm-hmm. it's a poem and still I rise. Yes, because it really for me, my Angela, everybody that knows me and knows me well knows that I am I've been with my Angela fan for I think when I was just a teenager. Mm-hmm. And I would read her books and her poems and think, wow, she can be so profound with just. One sentence. Mm-hmm. One sentence would make you think about life in a whole different perspective. Yeah. And I appreciated that so much in some of the during some of the times that was really rough and really challenging as life is, life tends to be sometimes. And I would always reflect back on my Angelo. As a matter of fact, I do have a tattoo of Maya Angelo, but still like air, I rise. Mm-hmm. And that's on my arm that reminds me that, you know, despite everything in this craziness called life. Uh, sometimes you just got to take a step back, take a deep breath, be still, and and, and just rise. Um, however, yeah. that is in terms of how high you rise, or however uh-huh. you define it. But yeah, certainly, my um, Angelo has been truly, truly very impactful for my life, and especially times I would pull or just read something just to get me going or on my vision board. It's my Angelo that reminds me that, okay, you know what, this too shall pass.
1: Yeah. <laughs> She's a yeah. very important figure. I kind of put her in the same genre as like Zora Neale Hurston. You know, they kind of belong in that family together, you know? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. All right. So last question. If you were named queen of the world tomorrow, what's one of the first things you would want to do to improve the lives of your subjects? Bearing in mind that as queen of the world, you would have ultimate power and could do everything you wanted to do. But if you could rate, you know, wave your magic scepter on day one, what do you think you would do?
0: Wow. There's so much I want to do, but I would have to
1: say um
0: areas poverty. Mm. I see. I mean, yes. I know you can attest to this, um, just... Mm-hmm. I think two days ago I went downtown, we live out in Capley on the West side. So when we go to Honolulu, it's going, go into town, <laughs> which <Yeah>. is funny <laughs> yeah. but uh, to think of, but um, I see so much increase in, in homelessness, especially now I'm seeing more women and children on the streets. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, um, I am one of those when my, my husband always tells me, and I love to shout out my husband, Daryl Green. He always says to me, baby, you wear your, you, you, you wear everything on your, your emotions on your sleeve or, you know, um. Um, I have a bleeding heart because I want to stop and help everybody. Yeah. And um it's always been, you know, it it it's a it's a heavy burden to carry sometimes. I always have to remind myself, okay, Injury, you know, there's only so much you can do. But um when I was downtown the other day, I was just like astounded by the now everywhere there are tents with homeless people and it's mm-hmm. it's It's especially troubling when I see women and kids, nothing against men. And, you know, it's sometimes, you know, you can like, okay, they can fend for themselves, maybe if somebody were to, but for women and children. And um, it's, we were in San Diego for my husband's birthday recently, uh, actually this past weekend. And same thing, we lived downtown and we were walking, we just kind of went through our neighborhood and we were like, oh my goodness, what happened? Yeah. So right now that's what's grappling Mm -hmm. at my heart is uh, it's, it's poverty.
1: I hear you here in Santa Fe, we've got people in tents. We've got people on every street corner you could possibly name. yeah, it's it's really remarkable what's happening in our country and disturbing. So you would that would be a great first act as queen, I've got to say. And, um, <laughs> Andrea, it's so nice to know you. It's so nice for the listeners to get to know you and thanks for being such a force for goodness out in the world and doing such great things for nursing and nurses and Thanks for being the person you are and being here with us today.
0: Well, thank you again. I really truly uh, appreciate the opportunity. I also want to take this opportunity to thank Triple uh, ACN and um, for their for twenty over plus years of um, just the guidance and the mentoring and uh, and the leadership and in, in helping to again continue to frame and mold who I am, who have who I've become, and continue on a daily basis and uh, a big shout out to, um, if I may, my husband, uh, he's a captain in the United States Navy, Daryl Green, he's a medical service corps officer healthcare administrator who really has been impactful in helping me, uh, you know, figure out my why, especially mm-hmm. just recently retiring. So he's been uh, very supportive and he always says, go at it, you, you're good at this, baby. you just gotta do it. And so I um, I have so many people to thank and so much gratitude and and, and more importantly, Um, you know, thanking those who've been instrumental and thanking you for this opportunity. I am humbly, humbly grateful.
1: My pleasure. Thank you so much. Well, there you have it. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Nurse Keith Show. Remember the show notes are on any app where you're listening and also at nursekeith.com. Please go to tripleacn.org check out the american academy of ambulatory care nursing see what they're all about and look into the certification like andrea did if that interests you And remember, there's lots of opportunities outside of acute care if you're looking for something different. I hope you've uplifted and empowered from this episode. And if you need personalized, holistic career coaching to elevate your career, check out Nurse Keith Coaching and NurseKeith.com. Mention the show and get 10% off your first coaching package. And become a patron at Patreon.com if you would like to, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash nurse Keith. We're proud members of the Health Podcast Network. You can find them at healthpodcastnetwork.com and we're produced by the inimitable Rob Johnston of 520R Podcasting. Before we say goodbye, I'll leave you with this quote by the musician Robert Fripp. May my living honor my parents May my living repay the debt of my existence. Be well, dig deep, seek joy, keep in touch. This is Nurse Keith saying adios till next time from beautiful Santa Fe, New Mexico and the inimitable and wonderful Andrea Petrovani-Green saying aloha from Hawaii. Hawaii, Oahu. Oahu, thank you so much, Andrea. Thanks to everyone for listening and we'll catch you on the proverbial flip side.